guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hey, campers. Rise and shine. It's cold outside. And we're in Los Angeles. It's colder here than in New York. Hello. Welcome to the Bitch Seat. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And uh, we're here to trim the fat today. We're here to trim the fat. You've heard it first, right when the music started playing. Let's <laughs> trim the fat. Uh, so so today on the show, we have the uh, illustrious uh, program director of the Nerd Melt showroom, Caitlin Durante. Um, but first, uh, we want to talk a little bit about POGS because we have questions. Yes. And before we get to those questions, we want to thank you guys for listening to us on uh, iTunes or Google Play. And also, or thebitchseatpodcast.com. Yes. And also following us on Twitter at the underscore un- bitch underscore seat. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, real proud yes. of ourselves. Uh, other piece of business. Uh, while we're talking about Nerd Melt, we have our live show coming up here in Los Angeles on March 24th at 7 p.m. It's a Friday night. And we've confirmed uh, several amazing people, including Lori Kilmartin, who is a writer on Conan, and uh, Zach Sherwin and Mike Kaplan, who usually do some kind of like rap duo situation, our friend Liz Glazer, who you've heard on this podcast before, and more TBA. So uh, the ticket link should be up by the time this is up. By the time yes. this podcast is happening, the ticket link will be up. Uh, the tickets will only be five bucks, so you have no excuse. That's right. This and- is a cavalcade of kid angst. It's You're going to keep that one, I'm aren't keeping you? that one. Okay. You see, what what the what you don't understand, listeners, is that this is the second time we're doing this. You're what? You're just ruining the magic right now. Well, you, you're calling me out for doing it again, but they only heard it the first time. So you ruined the magic first. No, you. No, you. No, you. No, you. No, you. Um, um, let's talk about Pox for a moment. So, yes. So we were we were talking about the fact that, uh, you know, I had a collection of Pogs. Phil had a collection of Pogs. A lot of people that we know had collections of Pogs, but nobody knew actually how to play the game. Yeah. Uh, that the game seemed to be second to right. the collection, which is kind of how my life worked anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, pretty much I just collected things my whole life just so I could. And my mom actually used to make fun of me for it whenever I would ask her if I could buy something. She was like, you want to collect? And yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just like to line them up so they were in a perfect order and then look at them and admire the beauty. I never actually played with them. I played with things well until high school. And it was great having a little brother so I could go into, if I were caught inside of a KB Toys, oh. I could be like, oh, it's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Uh, a few you times. You off on him? A few times, yeah. I've actually bought him things for his birthday so that I could play with them. Like this 18-inch Spider-Man when I was 19. <laughs> okay. So It's fine. It's fine. It's I think fine. we're in the right place. As you recall, our live show here happens in the back of a comic book store. Yeah. So I think you're in the right place. Yeah, I hope so. Um, um, yes. If yes. We, If you are a Pogspert. Yes. If you know anything about how to play the actual game, um, if it's more than just throwing slammers at each other's heads, uh, please let us know. 
By the way, I don't know why this reminds me of this, but did you was there a big fascination when you were like elementary school age in uh, Warheads, the candy Warheads? No, uh, no, Airheads were were ours. We liked Airheads oh. because the mystery flavor was always grape. Ugh, that's such a terrible surprise. It is, isn't it? And it's not even a surprise anymore. It wasn't then. Oh, that's so rude. Every time something is grape, I'm disappointed and spit it out. The grape skittles, I always throw in the garbage. I don't. I don't like the grape skittles. I didn't mind the grape anything. I like grape. Um, because it doesn't taste like grape. Well, because back in my day, about a few years before, back in my day, like a few years before blue was the craze, everything but blue was the craze. Like, remember like blue. Yeah. Blue, blue raspberry flavors kind of came to the forefront when we were growing up. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just, that was the the future color. Yeah. That's it, because it, that color doesn't actually exist in nature. That's I guess it was, <laughs> it was finally okayed by the FDA to use blue. And so they were like, Oh, blue M&Ms. Blue raspberry everything. Everything got the blue raspberry treatment. But before that, there was grape because that was the closest you got to blue and green. But also green was always lime or something. Well, the green, the green M&M supposedly made you horny. Do you remember that? I did it. Yeah. All the M&M colors had an associated thing. Red gives you cancer, which is actually true. I mean, not anymore. But the red dye in, in M&Ms gave you cancer. The orange is supposed to make your boobs bigger. Really? The green makes you horny. I don't you know remember the other ones. A lot more. <laughs> this is what we do at sleepover parties, Phil. That's amazing because that I didn't know that. I love the orange and the brown. That was the, those they were, were all my the two. same flavor. You I know? know, but I like the blue. The I miss the light brown. The light brown, but see it's a what, shame about the, the light, light brown. brown was what tied the M and M's to like the seventies because I feel like that was a very seventies. Remember Caldor, by the way. I remember Caldor. I miss Caldor. Right. So my brother, my little brother, who's the coolest ever, has a, he found a Caldor T shirt with like the rainbow, which is literally just light brown, dark brown, and orange and yellow. I think very seventies colors. So I think M and M's was like we're gonna work away from the seventies and we're gonna make blue yeah. instead. I remember when when they started to phase out Star Wars action figures in like the eighties. Caldor was like the last bastion of the the last like seventeen they released. But by that time, I'd had like I I'd, I'd had it. I was like I just want. There was like a specific one I was looking for that I couldn't find. Which one? It was an A wing pilot. So listeners, if you have a loose A wing pilot action figure from the final oh, seventeen Star Wars, that from the reminds 80s, me, Phil. Yes. Do you wanna do you wanna kind of like um prep the the pump for prime the pump for when you release your line of action figures. When I, when I release my line of action figures, it'll be because I have nothing else to do and I've alienated everyone else. And then I'll just, I can obsess okay. about it and put all my, I think interest. it's a great idea though. It is. Phil a great wants idea. to create an Etsy store, in oh. which he sells. I'm setting you up so that you have to do it now. Don't do this to me. It, do you know what it's going to do to your apartment when I have to start making them? What do you think? It's my apartment. It's our it's apartment. A, well, it's, Phil, the thing is in Los Angeles, our money stretches far enough that we could actually get like an office in our apartment. You know fine. what I mean? You could use that. Fine. I've been talking about making action figures based on the on the web series Welcome to Hell, which is in its first season, which you could find on YouTube, uh, with that I uh, co-wrote and, and star on with my friends. That what I was talking about. I was talking about the the ones you were talking about yesterday. What? The, like, you weren't talking about the Welcome to Hell ones. You are talking about the, like, uh, reusing old ones and turning them into new Yeah, you could do things. that with Welcome to, like, I could make that with, with those guys. Okay, fine. I'm saying, I've been getting really, I've been getting very heavily into Instagram bootleg action figure Instagrams. <laughs> I'm very into it. It's a whole subculture. Because basically you're taking two things that I like, Star Wars husks. Of like broken toys and then like Frankenstein heads and then putting them together and making something really cool. So I want to do it. 
I want to do it. You should. I'm in. You should. You're going to make money that way. All right. Okay. I hope we can cut some of the some of the awkward staring at each other a bit. The, the audience can't see that, um, but it's fine. We're entertaining to somebody, or we're not. It's great. Let's get to the point. Please, God. Okay. This is longer than the first time. No. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yes. So, I'm going to be reading a diary entry from May 15th, 1996. Yes. Which songs, movies, culture, what was happening? Well... The Birdcage was the hit movie at the <gasps> that time. That movie was so great. It was, wasn't it? And it was like Robin Williams' return to the screen after sort of disappearing after Mrs. Doubtfire. R.I.P. And not joining uh, up for Aladdin 2. He came back and did the Birdcage, and everybody was like, hey, we miss you. Where yeah. you been? And it was only like at least a year because he was so prevalent in the yeah. media. Anyway, uh, Primary Colors starring John Travolta during his victory stretch of his second or third comeback. <laughs> that was happening. And it was about Bill Clinton, who was our president at the time. Remember that? Um, oh, remember those Remember days? when you could like a president? Remember when our president played the saxophone? Remember when you could be in an open mic uh, and, and people could, wouldn't could would joke about killing the president and no one would be upset? I mean, people would be upset if you were, like, joking about killing the president. And then, like, you go to an open mic and everybody's like... No, but now, uh, we, li- now we live in a, in, a, in a tumultuous South American country, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Revolt is imminent. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah, we can cut that part. Uh, <laughs> I'm so paranoid. I am very paranoid. Trump and then, is not going to listen to this podcast. He's not, but he's got some but one sniveling of Bannon's, proud boy. One of Bannon's yeah. 7,000 ears is listening to this podcast. He's got a lot of ears. Okay, let's anyway, move on. Yeah. Um, and the number one hit song was One Fine Day. One Sweet one Day. One Sweet Day. Sorry, I was thinking of a better song <laughs> uh, by Mariah Carey, which was uh, uh, a big... My my mother was a big fan of. Yeah, here's the thing about that song. So the song is about death, right? But it was definitely a like a dance song. Like for what what was ninety six? So that was in seventh grade, maybe. That wasn't. They played it at all the dances, and I'm like, yes. this is morbid as fuck. They played it at those dances, but a month later, because you love me became the number one, Ugh, and it that was even worse. That was my graduation song. <laughs> But I think we one, talked about that last yeah, time. But One Sweet Day was like the precursor. And it was also at the same time like Tupac was coming out with all these posthumous hits like I Ain't Mad At You for like not protecting him and him getting shot. Like it was weird. I still believe Tupac's alive. I just. Somewhere in a bunker underground. To this day. Or yeah. Or he's making bootleg figures on Instagram. Tupac, if you're listening. Come do our show. Okay. Hey, if you're listening, that movie you did with G- uh, Jim Belushi, not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. All right. Get Shall we get to it? Yeah, please. All right. This is from Satin 2. It was a Wednesday. Satin 2. Yes, I know it's been a while. A whole month. So much has happened. First of all, I'm adding to my psychic list. Oh, yes, listeners, for those of you who don't know, I kept a list of uh, what I called ESPs, which were moments that I thought of something and then it happened, uh, and I had to keep a list of it. I don't know. It was an OCD impulse. So this was number seven. One Saturday morning, I was singing Alanis Morissette's song, Ironic, for hours. When I stepped into the Vitri's van for a carpool, that very song was on. And then in a bracket, when will the stupid DJ say the name of that song? Oh, I was listening to the radio when I wrote. Okay. Notes to myself. Number eight. We went on a field trip to the Maritime Center. Uh, we were watching a film on, the huge, on a huge screen in the Regent Theater. There were three pictures on the screen. Everyone was concentrating on the middle one, but the one on the right side was a blown-up picture of a small computer screen. There were about 50 tiny squares, each one with a little picture in in it. The arrow was deciding which to pick. 
I mean, I'm assuming the arrow was like a cursor that was built into the movie. Keep reading. I silently said to myself, pick the little turtle. And that's exactly what it did out of 50 pictures. <laughs> Number nine. Today in Spanish class, we were doing activity four, page 191, aloud. Hmm, I thought. Who will she pick for first? Well, Cashin never goes first. She picked him to go first. Can you believe it? An ESP thing involving Cashin. Well, at Jason's bar mitzvah, I saw my good friend Randy, who I never see. I met an absolutely adorable boy named Eric Dickinson. I got his address. See, this was like definitely before email because then I was asking, I was going up to random boys who I thought were cute and asking them for their home address. What was I going to do? Two weeks later was Randy's bat mitzvah. It was the best. Her friends were so nice to me, a person they didn't even know. I felt as if I'd been close to them forever. That was when I began to love hockey, the first sport I've actually adored, aside from basketball. <laughs> I was really into hockey for like two weeks, <laughs> and then I forgot about it. Uh, the recital breezed by. This is the dance recital. But it took a lot of strenuous work. We all felt we'd accomplished so much. The company show is this Saturday. Tonight, we were inducted into the National Junior Honor Society, class of 2001. I was proud. My family was proud. The 25, approximately, of us were proud of ourselves. Cashin is in it. My mom saw him for the first time. She said he was cute. You see, I'm not going out of my mind. This means that no matter what teams we are on, I am guaranteed to see him the second Tuesday of each month. I'm liking him more and more every day. Well, the end is drawing near. <laughs> You've been saying that for years now. It only just occurred to me. I am for a change. Uh, I am for a change. I'm feeling optimistic in a humble sort of way. There are only about five weeks left of school. <clears throat> I'm making the most of them. Pleasant dreams. Love, LMM. Wow. Even your optimism is humble and quiet because you don't want to jinx yourself. No, you're... because I was re- because I was taught to believe that... Being an optimist meant that you were a stupid person. I mean, I wasn't taught to believe it. That's not. We've fair. had that fight before. We have. I'm not uh, right, but I mean, I'm obviously not in that mindset anymore. But the point was, being uh, a smart person for some reason in my mind came hand in hand with being a skeptic and a cynic, um, and also because I guess Eastern European Jews are just really fucking paranoid that they're going to jinx something. You're right. Fair. Yeah. I mean, also you had to get your mom's endorsement of Cashin. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I I respected her on on some things. That's fair. That's including that's okay. the including the fact that my mom was like, "Oh, I look terrible in pictures." And I was like, "Oh, I guess I look terrible in pictures too." Anyway, <laughs> that could go down a really dark path. Hey, if yes, anybody wants could. to talk to me about body dysmorphic disorder, you can send me an email and I will respond. All right. She will. I will. Shall we get to our Oh, wait, I forgot I was going to read this on the air. Okay. <laughs> Real quick. Real quick, guys. Um, uh, I got uh, a message through my Instagram portal, which my Instagram is a flock of sandwiches, and um, which is what I mentioned when I was on the Robcast. And um, I got a note from, oops, from a person from a person who uh, heard me, and it really made my fucking day. So I want to read it on the podcast because I had a fan letter. All right, read it. Okay. I don't even know her name. Her Instagram handle is Real Foodie Queen. Um, I believe her name is Kelsey, but she didn't even say. She says, let me tell you, let me first tell you that I heard about you on the Robcast and knew your podcast would be up my alley. I think you're the most lovely, charming, hilarious, and inspiring woman. 
I felt compelled to tell you as someone who struggles with severe anxiety, your podcast is a go-to pick-me-up and always calms me down, makes me laugh, and improves my day. You are a true gem, Lisa Mandel. Thanks for all you do. Oh, that's sweet. That's so nice. It's really nice. I'm like, okay, I have one person listening. That's all I care that's about. That's so great. And if you want to send me anything, uh, my Instagram <laughs> is Phil underscore Casale, C-A-S-A-L-E. Uh, but also you could just, you know, uh, just find me on Twitter. It's don't the same feel thing. Left out. No underscore. I don't feel left out. I just, you know, just like to be told once in a while too. Let's get to our guest. I think you're an exciting, compelling compassionate human film. Thanks. Okay. Let's go. Let's get to our guest. So our guest, uh, as I said, she's the program director of Nerdmelt. She is also a comedian herself. She's got her own podcast. She's got her own shows all over the place, which she will tell you about. Uh, I'm so excited to welcome her on here. Caitlin Durante. All right. So we see Caitlin. Um, where is she? She's, she's, well, she's, she's in an arcade. She's, yeah. she's in an arcade. And uh, overalls. Overalls, but one of the straps is hanging off, Absolutely. and she's got um, a baseball cap that's like backwards and slightly to the side, yeah. and chucks that she's like sharpied all over. Yeah, and she's kind of um, getting into the pinball. She has a Watchmen pin, but no one knows what it is except for a few people, and they're like, "We get you. You're in the club." She's an underground favorite. Yeah. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Wait, what just happened? Were you like speculating what I might have looked like or dressed like in? Yeah, like we're 1996. I guess I think we just kind of uh, we kind of let the music take us. Oh. Uh, so we, yeah, I don't know. Is it sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's way off. It was way off. What were you wearing in 1996? I would have. What I was 10, so I was not a stylish kid at all. That what you described sounded like way cooler than anything I would have worn. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was probably just wearing like crappy J.C. Penney Arizona Jean Company. Oh, yes. Arizona. Yeah. Like Remember that? Just shirts and pants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember Arizona iced tea also? Do you guys drink yeah, that? Yeah, that's still the thing. Is it? Yeah. Sadly. What about Sobe? Sobe, I think, is less popular, but I think it might still be around. Hmm. I, I miss the Sobe elements. The, we talked about this before. We did. We did. I don't know if it was on the show, but we did definitely did talk about that. <laughs> well, where did you... So, okay, where were you growing up wearing these Arizona jeans? Yes. I grew up in rural western Pennsylvania oh, in a town man. very close to Punxsutawney, Bringing it back to yeah. your intro yeah. of Groundhog Day references. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up uh, in that area. It was a town called Brookville. I uh, don't recommend it. Um, it was bad. <laughs> Is it, like, close to the Ohio border? Kind of. Um, it's probably, like, 90 miles from the Ohio border. It's also run 90 or 100 miles to the closest city, which was Pittsburgh. So, right. we, like... It was very far from civilization. Like it was woods and hicks and sticks. I have so many questions about mm. that part of the country because yeah. it scares the shit out of me. My friends went there on a road trip for Groundhog Day. Yeah. Said it was a little culty. That was one of the words they describe, at least the celebrations. Oh, the the yeah. Groundhog Day celebration itself? Yes. I can imagine so. I've actually never been because it's the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh so I've never wasted my time with it. But um yeah, there's some weird things happening in Western Pennsylvania. You're absolutely right to be terrified of it. Whereas, did you feel? Did you have like haunting experiences ever, or like did something you, supernatural? Or like su- yeah, like supernatural. That? Like, did you were your activities with your friends ever revolving around Ouija boards or anything? Like, kind of. Actually, there's a. I grew, so the house I grew up in um, had this 
thing that they called the eternal flame outside of it. Uh-huh. So it was what well, what it was, it was a pocket of natural gas in the ground that some one day caught fire and then it just kept burning. Oh and everyone's God. like, it's a spook, it's a ghost, it's a spooky. So there's, <laughs> so there's this whole legend, like the legend of the eternal flame, uh, that's about this like just flame on my property growing up. And my dad built this like little well around it. So it's like it was that's just, like, so this. cool though. And everyone thought when it happened, it was I think like late 19th century. So like people didn't understand what things they were back then. Yeah, they, exactly. So uh, there was this whole like ghost story surrounding it. but um, And it was on your property? Yeah. So did you have a lot of like people come by kind of rubbernecking Sometimes. trying to find it? Yeah. It was, only, it was like a very local legend. So it was not like, it wasn't even like a statewide tourist attraction or anything like that. Only people in my like immediate hometown knew anything about it. Mm-hmm. And did you did you get the hell out of that place as soon as you graduated oh, high school? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to. Uh, I didn't go too far for college. I went to Penn State, mm-hmm. which was like another ninety miles away. Everything was ninety miles away. It's a long state. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It takes about five or six hours to drive across. Um. So yeah, I went to uh, Penn State University. Got a degree in film, not to brag. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I moved to New York City after that, and then I moved to Boston, and then I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, you're covering all the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were okay, because you 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 strike me as somebody who's very discerning and kind of no time for nonsense. Is that accurate? I was like, what word is she gonna say? There was a pause. I was like, this could go anywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like, were you like, do you, do you were you as a kid, were you kind of over it already, or were you like? What kept your interest? Oh, and you mean oh, so? Yeah, when I was a kid, I knew for sure that this place was a garbage area, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when I was a kid, I was like, I hate other kids, and I don't want to have kids. I, I was like a very asshole. You were no, you were already a like, grown up. You popped out, and you were like, of. I'm 70 years old, and I'm trying to read my newspaper. Yeah. So, um, so like, do you mean like what kept my interest? Like, what kind of things did I do? Yeah, so fun. I'm curious. So, like that that's kind of accurate what I thought, like that you were a grown up when you were little. But so then how does a, a grown up in a kid's body like function in the world? Did you did you purposefully keep to yourself? Did you not have friends? Did you let yourself I had play? friends. I don't know if I liked any of them, but they were there. Yeah. <laughs> um Was it like a super small town where everybody knew everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had this like very sh- distinct memory of being at uh, my friend Megan's birthday party. We actually shared a birthday uh, and which is not that far from the diary entry that you read. Uh, oh, yes. You did May uh, 15th. Uh, my birthday was is May 17th. Which um, is a Gemini? Um, a Taurus. Oh, okay. Very practical. Yeah. And uh, I would have been 10 years old in 1996. Um, hey, who cares? (laughs) Uh, But I was at this birthday party, and so it was also my birthday. I don't know why I was spending it at someone else's thing. But um, (laughs) she had uh, this, like, big makeup kit that, like, her mom got her or something like that. So all the other girls were playing with the makeup and trying, putting makeup on each other. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is dumb. (laughs) Gross. Why would I bother with that? Uh, I think it was like, I don't know, maybe seven or something. So I was hanging out with her older brother on the swing set, like having a great time. Oh, so like, cool. not only was I like 
an adult, I also just didn't subscribe to a lot of like stereotypical lady things. Sure. I was just like, I'm not interested in this. I want to make mud pies. I want to do, I want to play on swings mm-hmm. and, and throw rocks and <laughs> all of that stuff. And do you feel like you were judged for wanting to do those things? Or did you were like, I don't care. I'm just going to do these fucking things. Um, yeah, I think kids thought I was weird. Uh, and I think people still do think I'm weird. <laughs> but um, I didn't really let it affect me that much, I don't think. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Okay, so I'm curious what you brought to share with us. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Good, good. That's, okay. That's the point. So, as I mentioned, I majored in film. I'm a big movie buff. Mm-hmm. You're in the right town for that. Yeah. So I brought what I can only describe as like a photo collection yes but all of clippings that i took out of uh like teeny bopper magazines yes Uh, like jtt um not no okay so this is from this is a relic from when i was like 16 i want to say so a little bit older than what we were talking about okay uh but uh, so the the movies that were very popular at that time were the lord of the rings trilogy yes and Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh Uh-huh. Because this is like 2003 or so. Mm Mm-hmm. So I became obsessed with uh, all the the sexy men in Lord of the Rings and all the sexy men in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So I started, like, buying all these magazines. It's upside down. And just, like, finding the pictures I liked of, of, like, Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp and, and. Oh, my. (laughs) Viggo Mortensen. He looks just like Dylan there, doesn't he? He looks like Bob Dylan, like young oh, Bob who, Dylan in the free wheeling right that, there. Is that Orlando? That's Orlando Bloom. That's crazy. So I just like I was a, oh, I was freakishly obsessed with these people, and I took I cut out all their photos and magazines, and I taped it into this like blank book that I bought. So there's we've gone through what's now like seven or eight pages just of Orlando Bloom. <laughs> uh, now this is. So this is the Lord of the Rings section. I just mm-hmm. like they don't even get their own pages. They just get they're just no, but it's of, just like how many faces can I yeah. squash into this page? And I just wow. loved these movies, so I was like, I don't fucking care. There's a photo of an orc. <laughs> I purposefully did not look at this before coming here. Just I wanted to like experience this with you. Great, thank you. I, yeah, I just there's a very ugly orc, and I was like, yeah, I want that in my photo journal. So there was an, a point at which you were like, okay, this this is hot men. Or no, because there's an orc in there, so it's kind of like, this is just a collection of... It's a focus on hot men, but I also just was a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings yeah. movies, and I watched all their... I, like, I had the extended editions. I watched all the, the documentaries, the making ofs, the director's commentary. What, what, was it that you, what was it that you loved so much about it? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose... Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of... Uh, fantasy as a genre mm-hmm. and then and I hadn't read the book so this was like my first introduction into this world of middle earth mm-hmm. and I just it was so the all the visual tricks and the the practical effects and things that they had to do uh the like the filmmaking techniques to like make the hobbits look smaller yeah. and all mm-hmm. that uh I just found so fascinating and I just loved I loved the story I still do um but I just, I was like, these are masterpieces, these movies. I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, abs- I was absolutely there, too, because they. This picture of Elijah Wood, can I get grab oh, it? Oh, yeah. We have, he's got the, the, the classic 90s spiky hair and um, the, uh, the fucking, how do I, what would you call that? 
What would you call that? The faux the, hawk? No, the, the hand, hand the hand gesture. It's the rock and roll symbol. It was like or like Satan. Well, yeah, I mean the Satan rock and roll symbol. Either way, I remember this was a huge internet uh had a, like a huge internet buzz around it on the, like ain't it cool and all those other sites because we you were getting like a minute by minute update of how they were going to update it and how they were going to uh, adapt the thing. And you know, the, the filmmaking techniques were like prior something. to the movies coming out. Yeah. Oh, so I wasn't, I didn't watch the, I so the first movie like came and went in theaters. I didn't see it and I didn't mm-hmm. see it until it was on DVD and I was like, this is the best. So then I, Oh, so the two towers and Return of the King in theaters like five or six times each. Wow. Did you see them by yourself or did you get people to go with you? Was it a private experience? uh, Some of of the times it was with like my mom and sister. Sometimes it was with friends. Uh, One time I dressed up as Frodo Baggins. (laughs) Do I have a picture of it? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Uh, You're going to send that to me, right? Oh, yes. Okay, good. Uh, So, yeah. So, these just oh, and then I was like, these are all my like ticket stubs from the movies oh, I went to all the time. This is we're getting into the Pirates of the Caribbean Section. phase now. Uh, so I was, you know, loved. I love Johnny Depp. I'm really upset. Oh, and now where, we have a Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, page. I, I don't know where this comes from, but I also loved Brad Pitt. I was very unoriginal in the celebrities I thought were sexy. Yeah, I was. Well, I had a scrapbook that was really similar to George this. Clooney, of course. You know, he looks exactly I the same. I had a George Clooney scrapbook. <laughs> Did you? It was just an Esquire. We're back to Orlando Club now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I remember having like one page that was all devoted to men's faces, and there was uh, Jonathan Silverman was on there, and John Cusack, and a couple of men who danced in the New York City Ballet, because I was a dork. But um, you, this is a very... Um, extensive collection. Yeah. I'm really impressed with I probably this. spent hundreds of dollars on magazines just cutting these stupid photos out and pasting them into this. Yeah, but isn't there a part of you that misses that, kind of? <laughs> the physical action of yeah. taking pictures. I, well, and- like, what did I think was going to happen? Like, oh, if I put... I have a crush on Orlando Bloom, and we're gonna get married one day. Like, what? It, I don't I know, know why I did this. It's the crafting this. this. It's it putting is. it together. Yeah. It's, it's the shrine. Just, you're criticizing yourself so hard about it. You were just. I mean, this oh, yeah. is like a one thing. Uh, that, have you? I'm a. I'm a comic. I. I hate myself. I know. Well, this. I mean, it is. It is rules for the club. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, must hate self. <laughs> um. So. Whoa. I don't even know what this is. So oh. Looks like some sort of. I think this was probably from Entertainment Weekly yeah. or something like that. They list all the uh, movies that had been nominated for Academy Awards that year, and since I think it was the year that Return of the King was nominated, uh, so many. Bill Murray lost in translation. Oh yeah, and we have Finding Nemo. So it was like two thousand four, two thousand three. I think it was yeah, two thousand. Uh yeah, if it was Return of the King. I think that came out in two thousand three. So. Do you remember? So you obviously spent a lot of time with this book, and I, I also did a lot of just collaging kind of stuff. But I really have good memories of like sitting on my living room floor and doing this. Like when you were doing, when you were putting this together, do you remember? Do you remember the act of doing it? Yeah, I remember like. Um because if you notice, like some of them are just like a full spread, like the entire page is taken mm-hmm. up by one thing, and other ones I had to like meticulously like cut out and place and be like, okay, which ones will fit where? And like, how yeah. can I? Yeah. So and what, like, I used to do that and I was like, I'm going to be a layout editor. That was look <laughs> based how on the collaging. Bieber, Johnny Depp looks in that bottom right corner and like the little circle picture. From the side, he kind of looks a little bit like Bieber. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And is the whole book, 
So I see there are some loose scraps toward the back Yeah, there. so my favorite part of this art- yes. this artifact that I've brought is that at some point I realized how stupid this was and then uh, abandoned it. <laughs> so wait, uh, I'll try to get through. So there's, oh yeah, so here's like just loose pages right that I didn't bother. Public enemies is when it all in. falls apart. <laughs> You're like, someday I'll get to these, but for now I'll just collect them. I'll just collect them. Oh, but I've, re- so there were some blank pages. Oh, okay. So this, oh yeah, this was um, Brad Pitt in Troy, you know, <laughs> and his prime. Oh, I think I liked it because Orlando Bloom was also in that movie. Uh, and here we're back to more Orlando Bloom. Oh man, this is so embarrassing. Uh, you found everything. This picture. is making me remember Orlando Bloom. Of course, oh, I love yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, there so has we to got, be a, got one Harry, Harry Potter page. page. And, got a Indiana Jones action in there. That's great. And for some reason, just a little Finding Nemo cutout. Question. Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Don't know why I bothered putting that in there at all. Did you have um? Did you have crushes on any boys uh, or girls your own age, or was it only like the celebrities? Were it- I you know what I would say crushes on uh, boys were like few and far between. I dedicated a lot of energy crushing on celebrities. That I would yeah, because you were like fuck all these people. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Finding the big ones. Uh. Yeah, so oh, here's Vigo. So some, there we go. We got Vigo. Vigo's an attractive guy. He's um, statuesque. Oh yeah, here are some. Here are some loose pages. Some more loose ones. I was like, I Great. can't. I can't be bothered with this. Ocean's anymore. Twelve time. Yeah. All right. And then a bunch more loose stuff. And then <laughs> now the it's rest just of the piles book, of pages. Yeah, and uh, and then the rest of the bunk is empty. I wonder who. Oh, I apparently was into James Franco. Where are some of these other ones? Tom Cruise. That's before he you started. You know what? Yeah. I. Can't really Dr. Phil. I love Dr. Phil. <laughs> milk. Yeah, I got milk. Oh my god, I love those got milk more ads Brad though. Pitt. Um I uh I can't endorse Tom Cruise for his like insane self ideologies. Yeah. But oh, man, do I love his movies. Yeah. That's the problem with Tom Cruise. Oh, here's that... a photo of me at prom. Didn't have any idea this was in here. Oh man. Wait it a knew second. it knew we were coming. It did. This and it's like the the last photo in the book here. Oh, this is great. So we have a long pink dress. It looks like you're in okay, it looks like you're in the Disney's Robin Hood uh, in that scene when they're in the woods and they're all the fireflies and stuff. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. So where is this prom? And this was what? Junior or senior prom? This was my senior prom. Uh, this was in a I want to say like a Ramada Inn. Yes. In Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Um... I, the pose I'm doing, as you can see, I look very uncomfortable because my date is not someone who, who I was dating or even uh, like found myself attracted to or anything like that. So the photographer was like, reach over and put your hand on his chest. And I was like, I'd rather not. And so we see we see your hand. We see that like it's. It's trying to be a gesture of affection, but your body, there's so much space between your two yeah, bodies yeah. here. And you're like, I'll just put rest my fingertips kind of on your lapel, but make no mistake, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> what was this kid doing the David Lynch button everything and don't put a tie? Or was there a tie and it was just, it just washed out? It's a out. white tie. He also, uh, also with like a white vest and a white oh, shirt. Oh, so it looked like he wasn't really tucking it. it in. It just looked... Sorry, I don't know this guy. I don't know why I'm giving him fashion tips, but who was he? He uh, His name is Victor. He was the valedictorian of my class. Sweet. He asked me to prom, and I was like, you know what? 
I'm really going to have to think about this. Because I had already oh gone God. to three proms. I went what? freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And Wait, I kept... I'm sorry to interrupt I was you. just going to say, no, I was just going to say uh, that I was over prom by then. I was like, I don't want to go. I hate prom. I think it's a stupid tradition. Why do we put ourselves through all this garbage? Uh, it's basically like practice for all the stupid money you're going to spend on a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but and the this, smaller and the I, town, the sure, like the, the more amount of proms. There's always more... Like it's the size because that's what they have to do. Yeah, yeah. So, as somebody who thought that everything was a bunch of bullshit, how did you end up going to so many proms? I'm surprised you went to any proms. Uh, me too, because uh, I had spent uh, my like middle school years being like, I'm never gonna go to prom. I think it's stupid and I hate it. And then four proms later, and that's because <laughs> that's because. Um, People just kept asking you? Were you? Well, my freshman year, I was dating a junior boy, and I, I did kind of think it was cool that, like, oh, I'm going to get to go to prom as a freshman. I'm going to feel yeah, all special. For sure. Uh, and then I went, and then, so he was, like, my actual, like, quote-unquote boyfriend at the time. But the other three proms were all uh, people who I wasn't dating or even romantically interested or anything like that, but they asked me, and I was like, well... My friends are going. I guess I'll go. I might regret not going. Guess what? Don't think I would have. But um, like my junior year, I went the um, foreign exchange student from Thailand mm-hmm. who like everyone loved, had a big crush on me, and he asked me to go to prom. And I was like, I cannot go. And you're like, well, the adoring fans need me. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go. And then sophomore year, this kid on the track team who I was friends with, that was the best one because we got there. We came together, and then he was like, "All right, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends." I'm like, "Great, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends." Oh, that's the we perfect. Did, yeah, it was Great. wonderful. It's like an appointment prom, and then yeah, all right, we're good. Yeah, we've made our appearance together. Yep. Now we, we can... took some photos that weren't nearly as uncomfortable as the one we saw here. And, there are no uh, expectations. So yeah, of course it's gonna be fun. It was very fun. Oh my god, it's so. All right, did you have? This is a dumb question. Did you have toys? Yeah. I, uh, did you play with them? I did play with toys. I played with, uh, I had a lot of Legos. A lot of Legos. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention Lego Batman earlier. Yes. In this Great movie. episode. We went to see it. We went to see it at the Universal City Walk, whatever. I mean, we're trying mm-hmm. to find our footing here. So it was our first time there and we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We got ourselves into a reclining chair. A rec- wow. giant reclining leather chairs that were like being in a living room. And the movie was also hilarious, I think. But, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. What was uh what was your preferred Lego brand at the time? Because we there was only space and medieval and like general. Yeah, they didn't have like all the Harry Potters yeah. and the Star Wars. Um, I loved the like Revolutionary War. <laughs> you're so Legos. on brand. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, because like, and then I loved the pirate ones. There were pirate the pirate ones, ones cool. where you like build. Uh, you had like a pirate ship. Skeleton. And then, yeah. Oh my god, I loved those. I loved. Uh, there were ones that were castle. Yeah, the medieval ones. I yep. love those ones. Um, not so much into the space ones, which is ironic because I love like space movies and mm-hmm. sci-fi. They were a little cooler like in like in the early nineties when it was like space police and yeah. like electrons or whatever the fuck they were but called. The pirates. I feel like they had cool. They the the little dudes had like the stubble on their yeah. little Lego faces, which I loved, and the um. Like the pirate hat with the skull and crossbones yeah. on it. Um, did you ever go to a Ren Fair? No, I've never been. I um, it's a waste of money. 
What? It's fun. Who was I talking to? Oh, our friend Jess Wood, who was on this podcast, said that she used to work at the Ren Fair selling falafel. <laughs> falafel at a Ren Fair? Which doesn't that really doesn't fit. add up. No, yep. it doesn't. I have um, a friend that got banned there for upcharging on waters. Um, and I will not divulge names or say that it even happened. It's speculative. But yeah. that's what happens. All right. You know? Oh, wait. There was also a, like, Old West Lego Really? Thing? Yeah, like Cowboys. I never saw I that loved, one. I love Old that West one. was great. It was a good Lego set. My brother yeah. was obsessed with that one. Mm-hmm. Did you have um did you play more with boys than girls when you were little? Did you want to play more with boys and girls? Um I uh I'd say like equal parts. I played mm-hmm. a lot like with my sister. Uh and then I had an older brother who we like he was five years older than me, so like once he got to his like teenage years and like left me behind in the desk being a stupid kid all by myself, I was like, Ugh. So then I did play with like Barbies too. Um, I often ended up cutting off all their hair. Yes, and uh, Fuck like the patriarchy, painting nail polish all over them for some like just really ruining them. My mom would get so mad. She's like, "Why are you ruining these toys?" And I had um, I had this doll that would like crawl and cry. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? I and do. It would stop and go, wah, wah. Oh, yeah. And I would, I, it was so annoying. I threw it off <laughs> our balcony and it just like, you could like hear it like the, <laughs> and then it died. Oh and God. No, I remember the commercials for those babies and like even this, the sound of that fake <laughs> crying <laughs> like <laughs> made my shoulders tense up. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, horrible I don't toy. understand. It's the an babies. unpleasant sound and tone that they made for that toy. Yeah, so you're a boy, so you don't really, this wasn't marketed toward you, but there were a lot of babies that, like, did, like, baby things where you had to, like, clean up their vomit or whatever. I didn't want them. Why would I want that? I didn't want them, but I was interested in them because I was like, this toy pees. Yeah, exactly. This toy eats, and it's but it's, like, it's magnetic, so you see it, like, you know what the... this is the tail end. This was the tail end of corporations trying to make women think that they wanted to be domestic. Uh, but at that know, point, we were like, mm, I, I saw I'm like on twenty to you. years more of that until like the Avengers and stuff. And so now I feel like the media is a little bit. We're, the blinds are blurring a little bit more now, but I think even then, that remember. was the last time we were do, they were doing the baby toys, like Baby Born. Remember Baby Born? Yeah. Fucking weird. Yeah, they're all weird. I'm surprised so. they didn't make babies that could like suckle on your tit. Maybe they did. This Maybe. might exist. Well, the one that the one that you could feed, I'm sure, could. That's gross. Uh, okay, but yeah. So that's a great story, and I wish I had done that. I but I also remember taking like having temper tantrums that involved nail polish. Like specifically, I had this hot pink nail polish. It was really ugly. It was uh, it was like quintessential like Barbie Dreamhouse pink, and I was pissed at my mom for some reason. And I took the nail polish and I went upstairs and they had this beautiful wooden. Uh, bookshelf that was like their TV stand in front of their bed, and I just painted this pink stuff all over it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I was a horror when what I was little. Year was this? How old were you? Under ten. Oh, okay. I mean, I wasn't a grown up, but I—that was my way of acting out. Um, and yeah, I—I I had a doll, like a china doll that my grandmother brought back from like Ireland or something, and she had like long flax and hair, and I chopped it all off and gave her a boy cut. Mm. Yeah. I think that's when your grandma was like, "This one." She's going to follow in my steps. Yeah, I had to assert my authority. There you go. Do you have an American Girl doll? I did. I had a Samantha um, because I thought that Samantha had the best clothes mm. um, but uh, and the best uh, bed. I mean, basically, the Samantha doll had a more luxurious life than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so 
like the, I asked for the bed for Hanukkah one year and it was this beautiful, it was like um a gold bed frame and uh, the quilt was like white with like little pink bows on it. It was just very luxurious. Meanwhile, my mattress was like hard as a fucking rock my entire life. And, uh, <laughs> but I could live vicariously through her. You didn't have one, did you? I did. I had a Kirsten. With the hair. With the little loopy. The braids. Loopy pigtails. Uh, but we also, I didn't like her, um, her, st- I was like, who cares? Your brother's <laughs> named Mars. Whatever. You're blonde. You're Aryan. I don't like it. And then, so, but my, like, <laughs> I'd get <laughs> a lot of, uh, like, the contemporary clothes for the dolls. And I, like, would play with her and, like, dress her up as, in like, the, I, didn't, I never, like, played with her as Kirsten and her dumb story. Right, right. I never and got just, the books. Did you get the books? Yeah, I read some of them. They're, I don't know. They had a store with a show. Like the the store in New York is three floors, and at the top is a stage where they reenact the story of the American really? girls. Yeah, wow. back when I was in college, uh, it was a big thing to audition for it because they actually paid, <laughs> and I I kept submitting and submitting to be stock man, and uh, <laughs> because it paid really well, like con- considering two thousand three prices, but like one of my friends who. Uh, was she was like four years younger than me. We were doing, she was always the kid when we do shows. She was an American girl in the store. Like she did the show. Wow. We used to go and see her all the time. But like my, yeah, my sister had one of those. Did they just release an American boy? Yeah, they did. Hey. They released their first American boy doll. All right. It's never oh. too late. I think I might. <laughs> Why? Because they need more money. They need right. more and more and more and more money. To break down the barriers. Yeah. Men are already represented enough yeah, in seriously. our culture. We're fine. <laughs> I what my podcast is about. We okay, are, so fine. let's let's uh why don't you talk about your podcast? Tell the people about your podcast. Oh, I'd be happy to. Yeah. It's called the Bechtel Cast. It's about the it's a podcast about the uh portrayal of lady characters in movies. So every week we take a different movie, we have a guest, we talk about how that movie represents the women in it, usually not very well. And uh, now, with under that logic, how do Lord of, Lord of the Rings and uh, pirates uh, measure rate? up? Yeah. So, uh, as far as like passing the Bechtel test, which is like, it's an okay yardstick. It's not like the best one. It's just it's for it's like very surface level. Um, yeah. Definitely, the Lord of the Rings movies uh, do not pass. I don't think I'd have to rewatch them. Um, I think that pirates might because. Elizabeth Swan talks to her like servant ladies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might be about a man. So if you're not familiar with the Bechdel test, it's a test that's applied to like movies and uh, something will pass the Bechdel test if it features two women talking to each other about something other than a man. And preferably those characters have names. Um, I love, I love that you're doing this. I feel like this is a perfect. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I just, it makes so much sense given. Yeah. Your childhood attitude toward things. It's perfect. <laughs> did you do uh, Star Trek Into Darkness? And if so, did you rip it apart? No, we haven't done that one yet. We're uh, still a pretty new podcast. We only have 13 episodes oh, okay. uh, released. Uh, one of them is up. Groundhog Day. Oh, boy. Uh, we've done Star Wars uh, A New Hope. Uh, we've done Princess Bride. We've done, um, oh, off, uh, with several guests that are on your upcoming show. Uh, Mike Kaplan was our guest for Princess Bride. Cool. Uh, Zach Sherwin did Kill Bill. Nice. Um, We've done Love Actually, tore it to shreds. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, a few others. And where That's can people awesome. listen to this? Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on Libsign. I don't know how to say it. Just go to iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, tell what about uh, you? Also have a live show that you do monthly. You mm-hmm. said yeah, yeah. So. Oh, can I tell a fun story about that? Please. So whenever you were like, um, oh, I'm going to read a, a, an entry from May fifteenth. Uh, I was like, oh my god, that's almost my birthday. Yeah. You're like, wow, luck of the draw. And I was like, that's a name of a show that I do. Yeah. So I we're connected. It's yeah. Oh, serendipity. <laughs> I should do that movie on my podcast. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free party. Uh, uh, so uh, I run a show called Luck of the Draw at the Nerd Melt Showroom. It's a, a stand-up show where comics have to like incorporate a fun challenge into their set that they've drawn from a hat. Oh, I love oh, that. There was something kind of like that at the Creek in the Cave, but it was like it was meant to throw people off. It was like you had to Do play, play Twister. No, that was a different one. You had to play Twister or like you had to paint a picture while mm. you – oh, I'm so into it. Cool. So when when is this show? If uh, you're in Los Angeles. It's usually the first Friday of every month at 9 o'clock. So the next one is uh, March 3rd. Great. Great. Coming up. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Well, uh, at, so at the end of uh, each segment, we give our guest uh, a gift. Uh, mm-hmm. And the gift is something that comes from my childhood home, which is still <laughs> where my family lives and all of my st- many collections of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm giving it a new life. And for you, I have – I don't know if you remember these. Um, this is a ring – that is made of um, like straw and it's got these little beads on it and they, they existed as rings, as bracelets, as chokers and it was the kind of, it was a wish ring. So it was like you wear it and you make a wish and when the ring falls apart or you or falls off or whatever, the wish is supposed to come true. Oh. So, so clearly, they designed them poorly on purpose. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I clearly gave up on whatever wish this was because it's- Is it still intact? It's still totally intact. <laughs> so- Thank you so um, much. Yeah, so uh, I remember these as uh, like bracelets and necklace, but I've never seen this as a ring before. Yeah, so, thank you. So it's probably a mall yeah. purchase. So um, enjoy it and uh, well, you know, wish. make some kind of a wish, and it won't come true because life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> um, Caitlin Durante, thank you so much thank for being you, on the on thank the you for with having us. me. I yeah. had so much fun. Yeah, and guys, uh, March twenty fourth. Um, I hope this comes out before March 24th. That just dawned me on too. me that it might not. Um, but please subscribe to the podcast um, because that's the best way for us to get our numbers up and, and maybe have a sponsor yeah. one day. Tell your friends. <laughs> and uh, write to us if you know anything about pods. Please. And uh, treasure what got treasure you here. Treasure what got you here, guys. Reach to it. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me t- let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. <laughs> they scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one I, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? 
Haddonfield's first Boulet brunch. <laughs> That's club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!